Striking while the iron's hot to be your authoritative voice for New Mexico soccer. Welcome to We Are Seek and Strike podcast. Sponsored by Roughneck Scarves and Icarus FC. Brought to you by Beautiful Game Network. Find us on the web at seekandstrikecollective.com. Chris Walker and with me is Veronica Zavala and this is the weekly edition of We Are Seek and Strike podcast. On this episode we'll talk about the self-relegation trend, teams sitting out 2022, what happened to the MLS2 teams, the latest signings, and Christian Nava's 2022 season. But first Chris tell us about our latest contest. The contest rebrand the weekly show three years down for for week we are seek and strike podcast three years it's been three years can you believe it i can the podcast started out in my living room it's been everywhere from car dealerships to conference rooms to press boxes to rival press boxes at rival stadiums to the salt yard and back to my living room again right where it started three years ago we were we self-titled the show we knew that we were seek and strike above all else and that we developed our own brand and coverage style as chapters start and end we're looking to move away from the self-titled name and rebrand the weekly show. And we'd like your help with that. We're looking for something that is more relative to New Mexico United. We know that you support the club and you have your own ideas. So help us name our weekly show. The top five submissions will receive a prize and the overall winner, if one is selected, will receive something grand from us to include being a guest co-host on the podcast as we unveil the new weekly show name. The new weekly show name. You can submit your entries to the Twitter DM, Instagram DM, or even directly at seekandstrikecollective at gmail.com. There's no limit to the entries, so submit every day if you'd like. But we will read the best five out on the podcast, and we will pick the winner on January 1st. And Veronica, let's kick off some USL news. But first, what's your favorite Christmas movie? Hmm. I would have to say my favorite Christmas movie is It's a Wonderful Life. Tell me why. The classic one. I don't, I don't know if you've seen it. Um, well, it's it's a it's kind of like that movie where it starts off where like the guy is just having the worst week of his life. Like everything is going wrong and um, he ends up in a situation where he's like, it's better that I were never born to begin with. So for those of every Monday, pretty much, pretty much. But um, then this like angel shows up and he kind of like shows them like, this is where all the people that surround you, what would be going on in their lives? Like, had you not been born? So it's almost like Marvel. What if crossed with Christmas? I believe that's where Marvel got there. (laughs) A lot of their movie ideas because it's, it's sound, a pretty old like, movie. I sound like one of those young kids. They listen to the cover and they're like, oh man, this is so amazing. And we're like, yeah. <laughs> the original band did it 20 years ago. What? It's, I thought this was the original. It's like when Black Eyed Peas had um, Time of Your Life and everybody thought it was like the greatest song, 
you know, written to date. And then you're like, that song was written like 30 years ago, man. Like, you know, what's amazing about, we're talking about cover songs. We just jumped off the Christmas movie. We'll go right back to the Christmas movie in a minute. The only song to be covered so many times by the same artist. Do you know what song that is? No. And do you know, do you know what artist that is? Mm-mm. Ice Ice Baby by Vanilla Ice. That's the only song that he really? has so many renditions of that he's the only one who's done the original renditions of. Yeah. And didn't he kind of um, didn't he kind of pull that from somebody else too? Uh, you're thinking about that first three seconds of the song that dun, 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 dun. Mm-hmm. yeah that that piece there right that everyone likes David to Bowie about. and Queen yep yeah but you know we could sit here all day and 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 I could certainly lose that argument because you're far more into music than I am about that part <laughs> about that stuff so going back to Christmas movies oh yeah so what's your favorite Christmas movie you know do I have I- I don't know if I, well, I do have a couple, actually. I have definitely become quite interested in Christmas Story as of late. Um, Because in my family growing up, you know, we put that thing on all day. Mm -hmm. It plays over and over and over in the living room. And it seems like every time we watch it, we pull out something different in the movie that we didn't pull out the first time. Mm-hmm. And I think honestly, if you think about, if I think about like when you know what Christmas mornings had been like for a while, we open gifts in the morning, so we're all like pretty, pretty c- content with whatever the gift was, whatever that one gift was that we really wanted, and so we're kind of partially paying attention to the Christmas story movie, you know, because we're just like, oh my god, this is so great! I got this brand new computer, I got this awesome game boy or i got this xbox that i really wanted right and you're just staring at the box in a glare because you know ultimately you really wanted it you know and right. you know but you've got to sit downstairs with your family and watch the christmas story movie you know what i mean and mm-hmm. so so you're watching it and you're trying to be like interested but as i've gotten older um yeah we just kind of look forward to watching it we look forward to pulling out all the things that happen in the movie and you know, I'm 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 very interested in trying to figure out how to do some form of a podcast on the movie itself, not like a long one, not like mm-hmm. a, a continual one, but just like almost like a twelve days of Christmas, but it's the Christmas story. I think that would be interesting. Uh, the other Christmas movie that I really like that's not a Christmas movie, but it happens mm-hmm. to be a Christmas movie christmas time movie is gremlins can i get the shout out that's that's a christmas music movie i mean i mean it's not about christmas right but it's it happened like i mean he was a christmas present was he (laughs) he was wasn't he i don't think so yeah i think i think the dad brought him home as a christmas present Mm, yeah i guess you could do we google no we don't We'll we'll leave it to we'll leave it to the listeners. Do you think the Gremlins movie was a Christmas movie in and of itself? Was the Gremlin just a Christmas present, or did the dad feel really bad that he didn't have anything to bring his son, and so the ashtray wasn't going to cut it, 
and he gave his son the gremlin. Let us know in the comments. And shout out to Carl, who asked the question about our favorite Christmas movie. Now moving over to some USL news. Veronica, you're going to kick us off with the quick hitters. What do we got? So reported last week, um, um, Charlotte Independence self-relegated to League One. Um, They self-relegated to better um, help their community. Sorry. Pretty much like what they had wanted to do is that they they felt that they could be of better, um, I guess, use in helping shape younger talent by rele- self-relegating themselves um, to USL1. Um, they, they do state that they want to maintain like the highest level of competitiveness while at the same time um, giving these uh, younger uh, athletes um, not just men, but women as well, a, a bigger opportunity to move up within within that league. Um, Let's talk about something that kind of goes with that, right? Charlotte, yeah. Charlotte FC is coming into the MLS. Did the owners, did, I, I'm not posing this as a question, but I, I wonder if the owners, and I haven't read deeper into this, so if someone's listening knows the answer to this, then uh, feel free to drop it in the comments somewhere. I'm sure I'll do a little bit of reading after this, but I wonder if basically the ownership of Charlotte Independence is like, look, this club is coming into the MLS, and we've already seen what happened with Austin, with Austin Bold and with Austin FC. Let's just go down to League One, where we can essentially develop our talent and our youth. And then hopefully someone might get looked at by Charlotte FC, like, or how can we set this club up to be somewhat of a, a team with a relationship? I mean, I wonder if it's something like that, but go ahead. All that we see so far is, uh, that they just feel that that would be a better move for their community. Um, also, um, maybe you can fill us in a little bit more on this, but um, they were talking about reviving old rivalries with Richmond Kickers and North Carolina FC. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, Richmond Kickers is one of the older teams, and Richmond Kickers at one point was in the championship, but um, they felt that they would – have uh or they felt like they would be or how i put it they when everything was changing with the usl the richmond kickers ultimately went down to league one they felt like that would just be a better area for their talent so to say and so richmond kickers long time would have had played with charlotte independence back in the day so that kind of in a sense revives that old rivalry uh, with North Carolina, obviously, um, that one, they're both in the same state, right? So mm-hmm. um, with North Carolina going down to League One uh, last season, or this the top of this season, rather. No, last season, sorry. Um, with them going down to League One last season, this is why we got Alex Tambakis, essentially, because he was looking to stay in the championship. Um, 
with Charlotte Independence going down to League One, then they would essentially revive that old rivalry against each other. Um, and then, of course, you know, like they, they talk about new rivalries, right? They talk about rivalries with South Georgia, Tormenta, Greenville, uh, Triumph, mm-hmm. and Chattanooga, Red Red, uh, Red Wolves. Um, and so they'll just be in League One. And, you know, and, and hey, like, we know we'll talk a little bit later about one of their teams that they're trying to place emphasis on their academy, you know, as it, as it relates to New Mexico United. So, um, you know, more, more about that towards the end of the pod. Right. Right. So I got, uh, OKC energy. Okay. OKC energy, uh, will be sitting out 2022. Um, this one was a little interesting because, it came down to the fact that they have been using Taft Stadium, which is owned by uh, OKC Public Schools. And so the reason why they're sitting out 2022 is because there are renovations that have to happen at the stadium. Um, they're wanting to remove and upgrade the artificial turf playing surface. And they're also wanting to re- replace the athletic track and add modern LED lights uh, to the stadium. They want to do oh, that wow. because, yeah, they want to do that because they want to keep uh, students safe. And so they're saying that this work has to begin on May 18th uh, when the students leave for summer break and that they think it should be done by August. And mm-hmm. so, so the school district, they felt bad about the fact that this would mean no OKC energy um, home games, but not bad enough because, I mean, essentially the team is not going to be playing for 2022. Now let's break down some of the things that fans kind of brought to the club on their Instagram, which that is where I was at trolling to get these answers. <laughs> I was I was going to say, you, you'd think that they come up with a different solution besides let's not play the whole season, right? You would think so, right? I mean, I don't know. Sometimes there's teams that just play on the road for the whole season. They don't play hmm. one single I home match. <laughs> I mean, you know, teams have done it before, right? I mean, New Mexico right. United did it. I mean, I'm sure that was like the most latest example on a way to still keep your season. But what does exactly. it mean? It, it, it means possibly no money coming in unless, unless, let's, unless you hit up the stadium and say, hey, we want to do a home match at your stadium. And, you know, we'll buy up all these tickets because we're surely going to sell them because our fans want to go to games. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what they do. I mean, look, the other teams that are nearby aren't playing home matches every week. They're going to be away. Exactly. So why? Right. And so if you're going to have to play those teams, why don't you just schedule the home match when you're there so that they, <laughs> so that they can basically feel like guests in their own stadium? There is plenty of things I think OKC Energy could have done. The fact that they just were willing to cancel the full st- uh, season and then someone had really messaged them and said, yeah, away games. Just do away games. We'll go travel. We'll see our team play, right? They said playing only away games is a financial model that doesn't work at this time. 
And then someone definitely called him out and was like, oh, it's all about the money, huh? And it was like, wow. The definitely fans were super upset. They thought, look, away games was an option for them. They would go travel. They thought, hey, look, maybe there's somewhere else they can play. Now, the, the, the real take with that is that they only have a waiver to play at Taft Stadium. So they can play at any other stadiums or places that they have once before played. But you would have thought that they would know about the renovation happening a lot sooner than when they announced it, obviously, right? They just kind mm-hmm. of made a pivot and they just thought, we'll just cancel the season and that's just what we'll do. But they could have maybe said, hey, we need to get a waiver somewhere else too, you know? So obviously you could see that like it wasn't, it didn't come down to the fact that they really, really, really wanted to have the st- uh, the season. They obviously were, they obviously didn't really go too deep as it is. So it seems like the fans were coming up with more solutions. Um, someone else asked, what about the players on contract? And I wondered this too, you know, I mean, will the players just get loaned out for the season? If you get, if, if your whole team gets loaned to another team and then at the at end of the season, like that was the term, and technically, they're not coming back to you in 2023, probably. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, if, <laughs> I mean, you know, like if that was their one year with you, or that was the second year of their multi year, and, and the option comes up, they're going to be like, yo, like you loaned me out, and then you want to try to bring me back for 2023? Nah. So I just think it's either they either loaning their whole team out or, or they're going to give them the option to like walk, but some financial commitments there. And know. and that's kind of unheard of for a team to, to miss out on an entire season due to some, and, and they don't even seem to be um, drastic uh, changes to their stadium. It's kind of cosmetic, cosmetic um, upgrades. They're adding so, LED lights. I mean, For I can what? I can get my brother and go do that like on the weekend. They're adding LED lights. They're adding. They want to replace the athletic track. This is not even the soccer pitch. Maybe we should start a fund for OKC to uh, help them out. Maybe we can get some people out there to help lay these LED lights so that they can hopefully have a season. Hello, Oakland. <laughs> Yeah, um, can we get that pitch that you guys finally got and take it back to OKC? Yeah, because they need us a place to play too. So, I mean, maybe just move OKC to Cali, right? Because wasn't Oakland playing on two different fields during the season? Yeah, you you took it a little too far there, but yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry, I took it a little too far, but it's true. OKC, go play in Cali. There's two fields. Oakland is surely willing to share one of them with you. And if you want turf, they got that crazy turf field for sure. They do have crazy turf field. Which they are familiar with because they once played on it too. Yep. So, all right. Well, that 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 is my quick hitter on the OKC Energy. While they will not be playing in USL Championship in 2022, but they look to return in 2023. Uh, <laughs> hey, Veronica, why don't you tell us about what we saw this week with MLS Next Pro and that funky logo. So I, I was on the Twitter and this like 
pretty like cool graphic caught my eye. It was like a cross of like letters and, uh, you know, kind of just like, so I, I decided to, well, let's, let's just click on that. Right. That's what, that's what we do. And it ended up being um, MLS announcing MLS pro, which is a pretty, um, pretty cool stepping stone for, um, I believe they're going to open it up to even to players that are already under MLS contract who maybe are not getting a, uh, a lot of time on the pitch so it's going to help them it's also going to actually help um, a lot of the younger uh, kids um, there is um, there is MLX MLS next um, now there's MLS next pro which is um, the next step to that it's going to um, pretty much help um, a lot of young people develop a lot of their um, you know, hone in their skill sets on a professional level in professional settings, um, getting them ready for more of that um, MLS limelight um, and achieving uh, their ultimate goal of actually playing professional MLS. So um, there's a pretty cool video up also where they are pretty much announcing the launching of this of this club. And it starts off with like this little boy and it just it touches you in all the right places because it's like this little kid and he's just like on the pitch he's looking around and you can hear the the you know football being kicked around and he's running and then he's like okay he's getting a little bit older and then you just see like the the want in his face to to do so much more and um but you also see like he's just watching the tv like it's something that's so far away until MLS Next Pro, you know, offers him an opportunity. And then it just seems like the things that he was dreaming that were maybe so far out of reach become just a little bit closer on that aspect. So that's that's pretty much um, the latest announcement from, from MLS. Um, any words on that, Chris? Well... I'm so glad that you like the logo because the logo got really dragged <laughs> on the internet. I mean, uh-huh. like, it was like you got one part of the logo which is lame and the other part that's not. Like, my my best friend, shout out to Devin, said, you would like it if New Mexico United was in it. And I said, no, hell no. I would not definitely like it if they were in it. But here's the thing. This isn't brand new. I mean, MLS two teams were already playing in the championship, and that was pro too. Mm-hmm. But to, I mean, look, they, they show the ecosystem, right? So right. MLS established in 96. We obviously know it's the first teams. It's the Division One. Then they got Next Pro, and they got all the – all the second teams, right? Which is great mm-hmm. because, I mean, if you think about USL and you think about the second teams, a lot of the times the second teams seemed very competitive in the beginning seasons of USL because they had something to prove. But then as they did have something to prove and the MLS teams were hurting for for people to put in, they were definitely pillaging from the MLS two teams calling up whatever players they could and therefore their team was kind of a shell. 
But I have to do, I do have to give a fair shout out to two MLS two teams, I think. Um, definitely got to give a shout out to Real Monarchs because while they did leave, while they did leave the USL championship and they will be playing an MLS Next Pro, they were able to win a uh, USL Cup uh, a couple seasons ago, um, to which one Kalen Ryden was on that team. So they weren't just another two team with with developmental players that probably weren't going to do much. They actually came out and did the damn thing. So definitely got to give a shout out to them. And then, of course, Tacoma Defiance, who was doing so good last season. And essentially, um, we're putting the hurt on a lot of teams. Um, they were definitely doing doing their thing as well. But, I mean, of course, they leave. They go back to being Seattle Sounders, too. Um, you know, after such a, a stint of trying to be a little differentiated as Tacoma Defiance. Um, so, they're launching... MLS Next Pro with all their second teams. There's just a few that are still behind in USL Championship. We know LA Galaxy 2 is sticking mm-hmm. around. Loudon, uh, which is DC United's um, two-team. Um, there's a couple more that escape me. So in, in 2023, you have um, Atlanta, Charlotte, DC, LAFC, Nashville, um let me see, um, joining that particular league. Right, um, those four teams, exactly. They'll be correct. they'll be joining up and that mm-hmm. and that will be the rest of the MLS two teams. So the USL won't have any of those teams um in there. In and, that league. Right. And they're even talking and, about independent teams going across too. And there's something I kind of noticed also with in Real Monarchs where they were talking about a part of their decision for that. And they, they're also mentioning a lot of the they want to hone in on the younger talent and develop the younger talent. Do you notice that that's kind of like a trend that we're starting to see going into this next season? Because well, yeah. this is now like the third club that's kind of directing itself that way. So what do you think that's potentially about? Well, I mean, I think that they developed the MLS next and they should have actually probably developed their next pro probably before that. But if you think about it, next pro players would have been able to play MLS because they would have already been of the age to play just like with USL too. So I think what you're seeing is they're trying to complete the model a little bit, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. the two teams were already in USL. That was what they were doing back then. That's just how it was. They gave them a high level of competition that was to play against independent teams, right? So then they create MLS Next, which is basically their academies all Mm -hmm. these academies that exist and they say, where are you going to go? You're an MLS next. Like maybe a small percentile could have made a jump to MLS, but not a lot. They say, Hey, we're going to put you on the two team, but what does that do really? 
that sends them out of that that ecosystem into the USL. They couldn't do that, right? So essentially, they go, hey, we know what we'll do. We'll pull enough representation of the academy teams first, or, uh, you know, um, what would be their, I guess this would be not quite a U23 situation, right? But mm. they could use it mm. like that. They could, if they wanted to. Um, so they go, hey, now we've got the middle piece, right? So we've got Academy, which is probably like good U18. Then they got the next piece, which is probably U23. And then and then they got the MLS. So they kind of have a model there. They'll probably reconstruct some things as we read more into it. But I, and then I also think- how they how they kind of um, mention really fast how it's also for players who are already in MLS contracts who are not getting enough time on the pitch. And you have right, to so wonder how that down. would work. Right. So you think about the ML, think about the MLS players that are so you figure one through twenty-two, right? One through twenty-two on a roster of the of that portion of the roster is getting playtime. So mm-hmm. everyone who's like maybe after, I don't know, we'll say after 25 and on. So if they got like 40 guys on the roster, everyone from 25 to 40, not really getting any playing time. So those are the guys that typically got sent down or transferred or loaned out to other teams when they're in the USL. They're like, hey, you're not playing Portland Timbers one. When Portland was with USL, they sent players down to uh, USL, right? They were able to cross competitions to send them to their second team. So that's what you're looking at is the guys that don't make the cut who aren't getting the playing time. Like they could say, Hey, we're going to send you down. So that's why I probably don't think MLS next pro is limited to age, but I think they probably are targeting an age group within that, you know, they probably are wanting to utilize it as a net for U 23, but they probably not limiting it to that. Hmm. But more to more to look into it. I mean, you know, we don't spend a whole lot of time really talking about MLS on this podcast, but right. we're certainly interested because this would be kind of the. I mean, when the, when USL teams are jumping onto that boat, it it kind of does impact, you know, how the seasons turn out. So well, it's yeah, it was definitely necessary to see. Um, you still wonder if there's going to be any involvement between the leagues. I mean, we know as we talked in the last episode that the USL was trying to differentiate itself from MLS by potentially adding a promotion relegation system and also changing the calendar. But, you know, there's still probably going to be certain relationships in place between MLS and USL to what USL championship teams, as far as, loaning players is concerned so more to come with that but the logo's trash that's just my take on it by the way (laughs) Uh, (laughs) yes that's right um so so i'm gonna i'm gonna jump into a little bit more tell us how you really feel i mean i could have we probably could have designed a better logo on tony hawk pro skater just saying okay so so what what made it cool for me is is the part where I saw them like meshing into each other. 
what are they meshing into though into into form the the logo they come in from the corners like that so that part was like i was like okay that's cool and then you have the logo there i saw it as hey we don't have a budget for two colors we only have a budget for one color <laughs> so and that's really ridiculous for me to make that take because literally their other logos have two colors in them three if that or no two colors true true we'll, we'll give you that the mls <laughs> shield has red and white with three stars in it for that matter right and then the mls next has the blue the teal, and white right? yeah and it's is that the same is that the same little stardust symbol that is in the actual shield in the mls shield it it kind of yeah it kind of is but it's like stretched out so they they had a budget they could only do one big star i'm gonna rag so hard we better we gotta move on because i'm gonna go hard on it um so check it out so like austin bold fc also sitting out 2022 but not because the public school not because of a public school for one i have to go back to that but i won't austin bold fc sitting out 2022 season because they have new ownership and that's not why they're sitting out right they're sitting out because there was there was thoughts that they weren't going to continue on in austin right austin fc obviously the team preferred in that area it just is what it is so Austin Bold FC gets new ownership, who happens to comprise of some known guys between Texas Rangers, Dallas Mavericks, Circuit of Americas. I mean, they got Ooh. some guys. They got some guys that are, you know, that are pulling the strings now. Um, so Austin Bold FC looking to relocate. No idea where they're going to be, but the shout at one point was Dallas Fort Worth, but. Ooh. I don't know if it's if it's going to Dallas. I don't know. I mean, that's mm -hmm. what we've heard. But they're going to relocate, and they're probably going to do some rebranding. So could this be the end of Austin Bold FC as we know it? Man. If so, if so, then that would mean an expansion club, another one, another brand new team coming into the USL Championship in 2023, mind you, in 2023, 2023. Unless they still kept it, the bold, which I just can't see that happening. You got new ownership. They want to have their own thing. Their own right? brand new. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're going to want to have their own thing. This is going to open up the floodgates for name the team and all the different little things that could come around. You know, and again, this isn't a Dallas podcast, but I would be kind of interested to know. We, we would have to join in on the contest, like on Loki, you know. Yeah, I feel like I want to name the team Incognito. too. Yeah, like I want to name the team like the Dallas Fort Worth. Like, I don't know what we call it. Like, I feel like I'd call it the Drillers because they like they like drill into the ground for oil or something in Texas. That's so ignorant. <laughs> I know it is. I know it's ignorant. I know it is. But look, it is. It is, it is what the it is. Thoughts and opinions are not. <laughs> These are my own thoughts, damn it. Okay, look. Okay, I don't know what Dallas, if, okay, if the team is in Dallas-Fort Worth, I don't know. Maybe I'll get in a dictionary. Nope. I'll get on the Google later and figure out. I think out. like with wranglers, right? Because they like to wrangle things out there. 
I mean, look. On horses, the, like they like the to go ma- around wrangling the, the Mavericks are out there. Just kidding, Texans. The, just kidding. The Cowboys are out there. Is there a shout that possibly the soccer team might be a guy with a Stetson? Possibly. It's possible, right? It's possible. Alasos. Could be. Could be. Could be. Who we just? I just can't even imagine. If you say lasso, I'm thinking of a like a rope, like That's, right? the, yep. the rope, the rope spinning, and it's like right around the ball somehow. Like I just, it's I see it on the ball, and it's they're trying to pull the ball, but the ball's just going. Ball's like, fast. Oh man, leave him be. Yeah, the ball, <laughs> the ball is like the bull, and it's just like, dude, I'm just not trying to get caught by you. I, I just see. Look, we we already came up with the damn we, logo. We did. I think it was a good one. It was good. It was it was good. So we we got it. But Let's copyright that before they. Uh... Yeah, that's it. That's it. The name of a podcast for someone, I'm sure. So jumping from there, switching over, I should say, switching back, right? Switching back to the podcast. Uh, Switchbacks recently announced a giant roster to include one Haji Berry Golden Boot winner for USL Championship. They also managed to get their guy back from LAFC. Mitchy Angelina is back in the USL Championship. The pace the Colorado Springs switchbacks are going to have is going to be lethal. It was the first thing I thought about when I saw Angelina back. I was like, oh, Colorado Springs are on that two-year plan. So Mm -hmm. um, that's going to be interesting as we get closer to see what else they get because they obviously got to replace some pieces. Lastly, the trains. Yes, our neighbors down south. Uh, El Paso Locomotive FC shout out to Seriously Local Podcast Phil, Mika, Christian Austin Um, so they got a little heartbreak last week Brian Brian Rebion Rebion, and Meshach Jerome had left Locomotive FC to join Indy 11 with Mark Lowry so you know former coach taking players uh, to, the new, to the new team. I mean, we're we're still waiting to see if any of our guys are going somewhere, but we'll see. Um, but so they were a little heartbroken about that on the internet. Twitter was a little sad, but it got happy again the other day because uh, Locomotive announced their new head coach. And I have to admit, I was a little happy for them because I was like, you know, they're they're building their team. They're pulling in a lot of their pieces that made them like a threat this last season. And then they got the new coach. The new coach, his name is John Hutchinson. I got to hear a little bit about him. He was coaching out in Japan. Uh, he's mm-hmm. played in several league competi- excuse me, league competitions. Um, he's he's had like about a 25-year, uh, I think, playing career of some sort. Right. And he he coached across several uh, leagues. Japan's uh, top flight, he's coached. Assistant coach in MLS with the Seattle Sounders. That was more notable. That's what probably stood out more to me. Um, The biggest thing that I grasped from that was that they got a guy who's played the game for quite a while, and he's played it in different places, and he's played it with different types of talent. Um, The guy will probably be a good continuing piece for that club because he wants to win things. They want to win things, and – you know, that he seems like a match for them. I was low-key a little jealous, I'm not going to lie, because, I mean, you know, they literally did seemingly go across the world for a guy because he was in Japan and he lives 
he's from Australia. So wow, yeah, I mean, wow, I knew he was he had been in Japan, but that's yeah, wow, that's. So I mean, I was a little jealous. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, he'll definitely add to the Derby Del Camino Real rivalry. Um, it'll definitely be quite interesting to see how that goes. So, uh, any comments that you have about any of this stuff? No, I mean, uh, Coach uh, Laurie leaving in the first place was kind of like a a shocker to some of us, and then mm, I know, you know. But then, you know, you can see he is, he's taking his little army with him. So it's, you know, they are the better team, right? Which is. <laughs> I mean, you can't deny, you can't deny it. El Paso definitely was doing their thing. Um, yeah. yeah. So let's move more into this New Mexico United segment. I, I want to make sure we give our, our listeners a little bit of that love. So um, what do we got going on? Well, um well, we're going to go ahead and share our latest roster happenings. Okay, so who will stay and who will go? Hopefully more stay. But um, so we have um, one of our favorites, Justin Schmidt. Um, Just, Justin Schmidt has made a very unselfless decision, and he is going to be joining our United States military, our U.S. Army. And he's going to go serve our nation, and he's taking a step down or back from from his soccer career in order to do that. So we wish him all the best, and, um, you know, uh, hopefully we'll see him sometime in the future, right? Right. Um, one of my favorites, um, Alex Tambakas, will be re- returning as our goalie for next season and I'm super excited. Um, and he he did a pretty good uh, announcement with uh, doing it on his birthday. So it's like a double dual celebration. And of course, today, um, well, this one actually kind of like surprised me. I don't know if it surprised you, but Juan Pablo Guzman um, deciding to not return for us with us next season. And I'm wondering if you saw that one coming or because I, I don't think I really did, honestly. You know, I don't know. I think I thought I I didn't really think that was coming. I mean, we've talked about roster happenings and we've talked how we thought maybe Zach Prince would inherit the majority of the team again and then that would still leave him some room to get the things we needed. But Juan Pablo Guzman retiring or I don't know if he's retiring. So I guess I can't shout that out. Because we just, don't know where or what, right? He, he's just departing. I mean, for all I know, he could be where Troy's going. And we don't know where that is. So we'll have to wait and see. But um, he's just departing. That's all we know. He's leaving. He's not returning to us. Uh, big surprise. Uh, I think the haters out there probably relieved because they were hating hard. But... I th- but I mean, beyond those folks, like Guzman did have some great contributions to the club. I mean, he definitely did in his first year really contribute to a lot of the passing, of it, passing efficiency. He toughened up in the second year. He was more physical. Uh, I think that he needed a little bit more of that grit. And I mean, really, like you can't like focus in on two games where 
things weren't aligned. I mean, Guzman was a quality shout. You know, you could put him in the lineup and he can give you like a good like effort, you know, and he was a good rotation player for us. So uh, beyond the naysayers, Guzman will be missed. Look to see where he goes next. But, hey, we got him from OKC Energy. And, like, he did something for us. So that was, you know, mm-hmm. so forever united. But, um, you know, I did think right away. I was like, well, starting to kind of do my calculations in my mind. I was like, well, that is one center back gone. So Schmidt was definitely battling a little playing time. Um and so Tete, I think, is good, but I thought, will we see Alex Touche now, or like, you know, what what will that be? And especially if, you know, I guess if Zach goes back to a back four, what will that be? Um, I thought when Guzman was going to be gone, I was like, okay, well, that's a midfielder gone. We did go pretty deep into the midfielder market, if you remember, um, mm-hmm. when we pulled these guys so kind of leveling things out a little bit so but the one thing we haven't said here really if you think about it is Mm -hmm. did like guzman with him leaving was that his own choice or was that a result of of end of the year player meeting that's what we don't know and the club really doesn't have to tell you so true We'll just have to wait till he pops up somewhere and figure that one out. <laughs> out in Charlotte or something. Ooh, right. Well, um, continue on. You were going to tell us more, I guess, about Academy, right? Yeah, so our, our boys were out there playing. Uh, they won their last match, 3-2. to two, And that was against Southern Soccer Academy. And the match before that, it was a draw, but they still put up a really good fight. Oh, you got it backwards. Uh, oh. They drew their last match against Western Academy. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I'm sorry. You are you are completely right. It was a draw the last match. And actually, I was about to catch myself because I was about to make a comment from one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's all good. No worries, right? <laughs> so... Academy. This has been our segment to spotlight dyslexia and those of us who suffer. <laughs> <laughs> now, now sponsoring. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Don't you know, be ashamed. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to hear ultimately from head coach Paul Lees and goalkeeper Evan Kowalski. Um, we're going to hear what they had to say after their third match against Weston Academy. This ultimately set up the match that they were going to play. Uh, for third place. Uh, Veronica, you're going to roll those clips, right? We're going to hear from Paulies first. Okay. Those guys' supporters and what it means to them, the boys and the hard work that they've been putting in, it makes me swell with pride too. So that, that, that's fantastic. We, we, we felt really good about what we were going to do when we came down here. We knew it would be tough. We knew we'd have to be mentally and physically strong to manage four games in four days. But I'm really proud of the boys. Right now, we finished in second place in our group and we're going to play in a really good environment tomorrow. Thanks, Paul. Right on. So then let's go ahead and go over to the video from goalkeeper Evan Kowalski. I really like this one, actually. Me too. 
goalkeeper today and throughout this tournament. Obviously, we got a 1-1 draw today. Puts us in second in the group and into the third place game. How are you feeling? Good. The team's performing really well. We had a chance that game. We could have won the game, I feel like, but getting the draw still plays in the driver's seat for the third and fourth place match. And I'm just loving this tournament so far. Like, our style of play has been fantastic throughout the whole tournament. We had an unlucky first game, but we bounced back from a game to win yesterday and getting the tie today, which puts us playing at the Tabarati Stadium, which is going to be a cool experience. Yeah, talk a little bit about that. Obviously, playing in a USL Championship Stadium tomorrow. Are you excited? Yes, sir. Um, it's going to fill our play style a little bit more because it's a full-size field. So I feel that'll help us a little bit, but playing in a full stadium Awesome. And then obviously you, uh, you know, you're going to be tomorrow, obviously that's a third place, fourth place game. That's, you know, you're going for a medal there. How does that feel? Something I dreamed about winning something, especially at this high of a level, like, it'll be an amazing dream. And you're playing, you're, you talk about playing at a high level. These are teams that have won their groups from around the country. Talk a little bit about the style of play, not the style of play, but the difficulty of playing this tournament. Yeah, it's, this is... Probably the most difficult term I've ever played in. Every team can compete with us, and they all have a good style of play. And it's just astonishing how we're able to beat them and keep up with all these teams here. It's just, I think it's fantastic. How proud does that make you, you know, to be representing New Mexico on that stage? Yeah, it, just happy to make people back home proud of the academy and making view a bright future that one day we could be playing for the first team and they could be watching us play at that high of a level. So it's, it's really cool. Awesome. Evan, thanks so much, man. Thank you. One day, one day he said, we could be <laughs> playing for the first team and they could be watching us play. That, that kid has a lot of heart. That right there was very chilling. That was David Carl again um, interviewing the players. He was out there in Tampa with them. Um, doing the uh, doing the thing, but uh, that really stuck out to me. One day, they could be playing for the first team, and uh, mm -hmm. we cheering them on. That's that's the name of the game with the academy, right? New Mexico, yeah. New Mexicans playing the game. So, um, this, of course, obviously, uh, them winning the game, or sorry, drawing the game against Weston Academy, as we were saying set them up to play in the placement match for third place. Uh, they played Charlotte Independence, uh, where they defeated them 3-2. Christian Nava uh, was the playoff MVP uh, for the tournament. And also, I saw today that he was on the all-tournament first team, um, as well as, uh, as well as, uh, yeah, as him, as well as, I believe, uh, Another another player from the United. The name escape escapes me, but uh, he's brothers to Isaiah Madrid. I think it was Mikhail Madrid, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. Um, so there were a couple players on the first team, all tournament team. So still getting some accolades, some shouts. Uh, very notable fact, in fact, is that there were 76 teams that were eligible uh, to compete uh, for the Academy Cup, and of the 76 teams, New Mexico was one of the eight teams that actually played in the tournament. And one of the things I mentioned before was that they had the they had the least regular season points 
and of the eight teams in this tournament, but yet they finished third place. Um, so ultimately, you could see that the work that they did in the tournament helped them to get to a better positioning than seven other teams that ultimately came in and you know in a higher positioning. Mm-hmm. So it's just about time for us to go to a break. And when we return, we'll jump in this discussion about Christian Nava. Corner store shorty could have swore the raw 40. Now they sporting battle scars for the war stories. A lot of rappers capping hard, there's no applause for it. Cause all the ones who really bow to kicking doors for it. We're back. We're back from this break. You were listening to um, Cousin Feo with Dre Mendoza. Saviola featuring Fast Life off the album Chori Pond with a little bit of that cut from Paul Lease. <laughs> oh man, we're trying to get this thing. I'll tell you, there's so many controls. I feel like I need one more hand in the game. But we're back from the break. For those of you who got the audio version, you will have been listening to Chori Pond or the, the album Chori Pond, I'm sorry, with Saviola featuring Fast Life. For those of you watching the video, obviously you got a little bit of that same song um, during the break. We'll get it. We'll get it perfect, but I'm sure you just enjoyed little Cousin Fayo. Check him out, CousinFayo.com, to hear more of his music as well as Bandcamp. He puts out vinyl records, CDs, sometimes cassette, little pins, jerseys, cool things like that. Definitely check out Cousin Fayo. Can't go wrong there. Well, this gonna kind of take us into uh, the real part of the conversation that we're we're here for. We're here for um, this conversation about Christian Nava. Uh, Christian Nava, uh, as as we all know, uh, it wasn't the first academy signing. He was the third academy signing, but he was the first to sign a professional first team contract with United, uh, and there really hasn't been any since him. Uh, but so we're going to talk about Christian Nava because he's obviously standing out amongst everyone right now. And, and he's humble about it. You know, I mean, he's, he's got a good confidence about him, but we just wanted to kind of talk more about him in discussion, what this means for New Mexico United first team going forward, what this means for Christian going forward. Uh, so let's kind of get into that off the top of the, the top of the dome here, Veronica, I just want to know, is Christian Nava perhaps the next Devin Sandoval by name recognition here in New Mexico? I mean, he definitely does have that potential. They, they've dropped recently, like a lot of stuff on him. It's like, you kind of heard little, 
things here and there, but then like I think over the last week, week and a half, they're kind of building him up into that position. So yeah, yeah. I, I can totally totally see that. And if we think about Devin Sandoval in in reference to this question, Devin Sandoval is at the end of almost every record-setting goal for the club. First goal scored. Cinco de Mayo first goal scored. Like first playoff goal scored. Like Devin That's Sandoval, true. he is at the beginning of so many goals. The soccer gods smile down on him. And I could just can't help but think that Christian Nava is like New Mexico's next golden child for that matter. That you look at how the coaches boost him, the players boost him. Like he's just kind of like that that uh, diamond in a rough, if you will. But I don't think he was ever in a rough. I think he's just that, almost like that prodigy, you know. And I think mm-hmm. that that's kind of why I wanted to ask you that uh, he appeared in five games this season, right? Five games mm-hmm. this season. Um. Former head coach Troy Lesane said he earned those opportunities. Uh, there are probably others. There are probably others that he earned, right? But those right. weren't the right moments for him, Troy would say. In most cases, when he hit the pitch, we were trying to see out the match um, or we were uh, trying to get a win, really. Um, and so when Nava hit the pitch, it was kind of like that sort of lore that Daniel Bruce has. Uh, what's exciting about players like Bruce and Christian Nava for that matter? Like, what is it that people are going crazy about? I mean, you know, first of all, like who doesn't want to see a hometown hero um, succeed, right? I think it's a part of the excitement that they get to follow this this guy's career from being, you know, playing as, as a younger person and then being signed to such a professional contract while he's still in high school and then being successful uh you know just watching him grow in a way into this position so i think that's a lot of the appeal is is just having said you know he's he's was cultivated here he's from here we put him here and and he's succeeding here and i think people do love to see that to begin with and imagine being a player like Christian Nava where you like to score goals and the audience, the crowd behind you is only growing. Like it has probably grown from his days of playing for club soccer, right? Where it's mm-hmm. mainly the parents out there. Maybe they're, maybe they're friends sometimes. And then you go to high school and high school. It's like, it's again, your parents, it's, now your school friends that want to come out and watch you play, mm-hmm. right? So that so then, from high school, you jump straight into playing. Um, you go to academy for a little bit. You play some of those games, and it's like okay, you're getting a little bit out of that parent area where you're getting actual season ticket holders who went to watch some of the academy preseason games because they're already kind of out there. Two, jumping into playing at Isotopes Park, playing mm-hmm. in front of what would be one day 
12, 13,000, but during the pandemic, six, 7,000 at times, maybe nine. Hearing that many folks chanting your name moments before you go in because you're in the lineup. I mean, what does that feel like for someone? What do you think that, what do you think that's like for someone who's like 17? Like that's a lot of people cheering for you. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's like mind blowing for somebody that age to go from high school to, you know, here you are in front of the big leagues in a way. You're a pro and not in a way it is like, it is. Yeah, that's right. You're a, you're a pro, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, that just has to be something else. Um, so, so during his 2019 season at Albuquerque high, he scored 30 goals. Two of them came in the five, a state championship. Uh, he likes this. He likes to find the goal. You know, mm-hmm. a player like this is what New Mexico needs. They need someone who can uh, get in there and invigorate the attack. We need that sort of player. Um, I think you've really got to look at Nava through a special lens. And I broke this out a little bit based on his high school playing because I really wanted to try to track this down and figure this out. But his freshman year he was playing varsity for West Mesa. He played in 18 games. He had eight goals and three assists. He moved to Albuquerque high sophomore year. It was in the Albuquerque journal. The reason he moved schools was because um, there had been uh, some, I guess, I guess this, I guess this way it was put in there even by him was that someone, someone had shot at their house and, you know, her mom, his mom was like terrified. They had to move, change schools, kind of get out of that area. You know, so they moved from West Mesa over into Albuquerque. Uh, so he went to Albuquerque High sophomore year. He's varsity again, plays for them, gets 30 goals, 30 goals. That's a huge jump That's as huge. a freshman. That's a huge mm-hmm. jump from your freshman year, getting eight goals, three assists to 30 goals. And that contributes to them winning a state championship because he scored both goals in that game. Junior year, of course, 2020, it's camp like that whole season was canceled for all these kids. But eventually they did get to play it in the spring of 2021, um, where it was basically five regular season games and then a spring tournament. Um, but during that time frame, Christian Nava was already with Academy. When they when he signed with the Academy, obviously, you know, they'd have a choice to either play those matches with the high school or forfeit that and forego it and play the Academy competition. So being more of a full-time Academy player would kind of keep them from playing the high school games. But at the same time, four players in the Academy came off of that Albuquerque team. So, I mean, they were losing players as were other high schools. So that kind of changed some things up that year. Rio Rancho would end up winning the state championship. Uh, And then um, his senior year, you know, obviously he's fully in the academy system and he is, you know, essentially doing that whole thing from signing 
the initial contract to signing the two-way contract to signing a professional contract. So, I mean, if you look at, if you look at his um, high school time, he doesn't really have a huge body of work uh, in high school. Like when someone is going to college, they get recruited, scouted, right? The coach comes mm-hmm. out, the recruiter, recruiting coaches coming out, they come in and check him out, see how he plays. They're probably sometimes looking at him when they're sophomores, maybe juniors, maybe seniors, you know, probably not that long into senior year because they kind of need to know, you know, as we know that a lot of these colleges recruit by graduating years, right? So they're already looking at a lot of these players when they're sophomores and juniors to get an idea if they want to offer them or have a chance to come to play for them. But not going to college in this instance, being groomed for the academy, for head coach Troy Lassane, Zach Prince, knowing that they had to get this kid, right? From head coach of Albuquerque, Lucian Starzinski, talking about he's a dynamic player. Paul Paul Lees, of, of head coach of the academy, talking about he's a dependable player, someone they can count on, like someone who can get in position, right? So mm. you get the idea that while he only had maybe two years to really play uh, in that level, that was enough. They saw enough to be able to say, hey, we need this guy in the system, right? Because before Academy, they were doing high performance program. So they were giving these high school players additional training and additional tools and skills so they were definitely grooming them even before they were viewing them they knew what they were capable of so who has shown you this sort of who has who has shown you this sort of um persona or identity on the first team and why quality shout she Veronica is using a lifeline. She's using a dial uh, another podcast podcast host. Um, Chris Weehan is my is my shout uh, for this. That's that's who Christian Nava reminds me of. He reminds me of Chris Weehan. Chris Weehan always wants to be around the goal. Always wants to score. Like that's what he was doing in college. That's what he was doing. Um, when it came to United, I mean, just want, you know, even when he was in Reno, that's what he was doing. He just wanted to score, wanted to be around the net, you know? So thinking about Christian Nava having two breakout years in high school, coming to Academy, he still has this sort of, I just want to score. I want to be around the net. Like I want to, I just want to do my thing. Like that reminds me of Chris Weehan so much. Huge shout right there. Huge shout out to, to Chris Weehan as well. You know. Um, so when Christian initially turned pro, I wondered what it meant to be pro for United. And I preface that to say, you know, my last or a, a comparative scenario for me about someone turning pro is skateboard culture. Okay, I ran a skateboard company. 
I was around a lot of talented skateboarders. Everyone thinks they're good, but you know which ones are really good. You know they're really good because of um, competitions, skate competitions, where they place in the top five, and they throw down very complex tricks, things that are super technical that most cannot do. Um, you also know they're really good when you watch their film parts. The, the, the kids that don't want to do contests, they want to do artsy film parts. And you look at some of the tricks. You look at the things that they're jumping off of. Like you got guys doing tricks off of the Hollywood 16, like 16 stair set, if you will, or bigger. So you know kind of the ability is proven prior to them going pro. And running a skateboard company, I had the ability to turn anybody pro, but they need to be able to prove themselves. I couldn't just turn someone pro because I wanted to, because I thought they were good. How how do they stand up against the rest of the competition, right? So when he turned pro, I wondered what that meant more than just putting on the, the jersey, the kit, what that meant more than getting a check. You know what I mean? Like, um, so not every league shows us that is what I was going to say. Like going pro usually means playing at that level, but not every league shows that, right? Like college kids, college football, like look at Alabama, shout out to Alabama. Um, turning out, pros every year right not every quarterback is like starting quality right away not every receiver is starting quality right away i mean there's some that were but they play at such a level in college that you're like oh this guy will be a good pro but it doesn't always translate you know so you wonder kind of what it means. And, and I, I did make a shout. I said, no one's going to be able to really scrutinize this more than Christian Nava himself. You know, like what's, what's pro look like to him. He wakes up every day, right. Has a routine that is accustomed to himself, something he's been doing, you know, he doesn't need to worry about what any other players on the team do in the morning to make that his thing too. He does his own thing. Right. He's got his own kind of pro persona, you know, I mean, he's still got to mind his parents, you know, still got to do the chores around the house and such, you know, he's, he's a pro, but he's mm -hmm. still, he's still their son. He's still got to do those things, but you know, he's got to take care of himself now. Right. Can't be eating Takis. Can't be eating Takis. Can't be eating. That can't be eating that junk food. I mean, he's right. got fast metabolism. He probably could be, but he can't be eating that can. stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, he can't be eating that stuff anymore. He's got to kind of. He's got to live on the Ronaldo, Ronaldo lifestyle diet. He's got to make some adult decisions, and he's like 18 at this point. He's like, ah, oh, growing up too fast. You know. Mm -hmm. I mean, so I mean, what's pro look like on the pitch for him? You know, he's got to go in there, and he's got to do. He's got to give his best every single time. And he's not proven to the point where he's one of the established 11 
out there all the time. He's got to he's got to earn his spot out there, right? Troy said he's got to earn his opportunities. And I'm sure that's going to carry forth with Zach Prince, right? So you think about it and you're like he's got to earn his positioning out there on the pitch. He's got to go out there and give his best. He can't drop off right when he when things don't go his way right so kind of going more into those five games that he was in because he appeared on the roster or on the match day 18 more times than the five times he played but let's kind of go down the line i wrote him out for us so we didn't have to guess uh july 9th his debut against Colorado Springs switchbacks. He, he came in in the 71st minute. The team was currently at a 1-1 draw. Troy put him in with 20 minutes left in the match, probably trying to help the team to stir up some offense, right, to get an attack. They scored those two goals in the 90th minute uh, between Azira and Ilya Illich scoring the two goals. But before that, if we remember... Christian Nava had a little fancy footwork. He nutmegged one of the Colorado Switchbacks players, the whole stadium. Ooh, just like all excited about it. You know, he definitely got in there. He looked looked a little, you know, it was his first time in there playing on a pro pitch with the guys. Like, you know, you could tell they were like, hey, go over here, go over there. Like they were kind of, directing him a little bit you could kind of see it in the natural movement you know if you didn't have to read lips you're like okay he kind of looks like he's trying to figure out where to be for the most part he was just trying to be in there on the action july 12th july 12th against charleston battery he was in the 18 but he did not go in because the team won two to one july 21st and we're going through each one versus san antonio fc he comes in on the 84th minute. The team is down nil two, right? The team ended up losing losing three nil. But, I mean, Troy obviously put him in to try to help the team stir up some off- offense because they were already down. So that was obviously a moment for him to put Christian Nava in was like, hey, they're down by two goals. See if you can go in there and help them out, right? Like, right. you know, now – I'll say this from a fan's perspective in the stands. I didn't see why we're sticking Nava in with only six minutes and some change to go in a match where they were already losing. That did not seem like a quality shout out to myself. I thought like, you know, put him in with more than 10 minutes to try to do something, you know? Hmm. I mean, I know that may have worked with Daniel Bruce, but you know, like, give 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 the guy some more work. Give him some more time to work with, right? Right. So then, El Paso, July twenty fourth. Um, he doesn't play that match, but the team draws nil nil. I feel like Troy was like, "Nah, we're just gonna take that point from El Paso. Like, we're not even gonna." mess around with them because you know how El Paso is. They find that goal in the last moment or something gets different. 
I feel like he just was content. So he didn't put Christian in that match. And it was also very physical too. So I don't think this was the one for him. September 4th against Colorado Springs switchbacks again. The team wins 3-2. Nava was on the 18, but didn't play that match. Um, October 6th versus Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, Funny shout. I was watching that mic'd up with Christian Nava. And the guys were asking him, hey, what state is Hartford in? And he couldn't tell them what it was. He didn't know where it was. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, But, I mean, most people might not know that either. But uh, he goes into the 81st minute. The team is drawn 2-2. They had just tied up the score. I think that was a moment where Troy was like, hey, let's go in and try to get that win. Mm-hmm. You know, let's let's try to get that dub right there. Uh, of course, they didn't get it, though. Uh, October 9th versus RGV. This one, to me, just blew my mind. Just blew my mind. October 9th versus RGV. 89th minute. 89th, of- yeah. 89th minute, Nava gets sent in. I was like, what are you doing? What? Like, I guess there was maybe four or five minutes of stoppage time. So he got like a five spot. But he sent them in because they were drawn 1-1. Maybe he thought like, hey, we're going to try to get this win real quick. And I'm just like, dude, like. Sneak in that goal, you know. (laughs) Give my man some time. Give him some time. Mm. He he earned to play for stoppage time. Like, man, that didn't make any sense to me. October 20th versus SAFC. The team wins 4-2. He didn't play because, I mean, the team was already up, you know. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if the team is winning, the team is on the pitch, they're doing their thing, why don't you put in a player like that so he can have some experience with maintaining a lead mm-hmm. and even contributing towards scoring more goals. That's what he likes to do. It, it just didn't, to me, I mean, look, I'm not inside the mind of Lasanne, of, co- of coach or a former head coach, Troy Lasanne. Troy Lasanne, I'm not inside the mind of him. But why wouldn't you take a player like that and let him be in there and learn how to defend the lead? get used to being in the lead why would you put him out there only because the team is drawn and they're either trying to preserve the draw or maybe get a goal to win the game or they're Mm -hmm. down like god it's like building the truck backwards it's like you you have a person that you know even though it was high school he did score 30 goals and you take him from that and then you throw him in literally every time it's within the last 20 minutes to you know five minutes to the end of a match and he could have just proven himself in so many different ways had he been you know maybe if he was just thrown in like on a second half uh he could have learned so much that last this last season i mean look the the team only won 12 games this season we're looking at mm, what are we looking at here <laughs> one two three wins and the and the quality pack of one two three four five six seven eight nine we're looking at nine games where christian nava was in the match day 18 three they won and he only played in five 
you know, five matches where they didn't win, right? So, I mean, right. like, that's the body of work, you know? I mean, the last one, October 24th versus RGV, they put him in in the 84th minute. The team is down nil two, obviously loses nil two. It's like, I'm trying to wonder what I'm trying to learn personally. I'm like, okay, I appreciate you putting me in when the team is down or drawn. Mm -hmm. And in most instances, they were trying to maintain the draw. They just didn't, they couldn't like stir up any offense. We remember this about this team. They couldn't stir up any right. offense. There were too many instances where guys came in, did the job early, got subbed out. And then there was nothing they could do. You know, mm -hmm. you put in Nava, who is this, this prolific player, but you got to give him more time, you know, and look at all we've talked about so far. The guy has scored more goals in his high school career than any player almost on the team has scored. Mm -hmm. Like 30 Ever. goals. <laughs> 30 goals in a season? 30 and then eight goals a year before? Like, I would have left him, I would have left him in that competition because he would have kept scoring goals. Like, you know, I mean, it's a little different for him in academy. He's not scoring as many goals that we know of because the stats aren't tracking for us so, to know how many he's scoring. So in your opinion, do you feel that they haven't utilized him to his full potential or capacity? No. Yeah, I just I don't feel like they did. Like five matches for 41 minutes and the majority of those minutes were in the first match on his mm -hmm. debut. Like, Yeah. Like, it, depending on the relationship I had with the coach at the time, I'd be like, look, like, I mean, you're telling me that I'm this thing. You're telling me this. And I'm willing to, you know, pay my dues, right? Pay my dues and, you know, be in these matches and such. It's evident mm -hmm. that, like, you're not trying to put me in any matches where we're winning. We're trying, you're trying to, you know, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's a lot. Like maybe that maybe he's up for the challenge. I don't know. We haven't got to talk to Nava directly. I would hope we get to at some point, but maybe he was up for those challenges. Maybe he was up for going in when the team was down or, you know, drawn even trying to maintain the draw while looking for the win. Maybe he was up for that. Um, but that would be a lot for one person, especially like if you don't have a Chris Weehan in there with you, or you don't have a Mondo Moreno in there. But it made sense. All the times Moreno was gone, put in Nava. Yeah. Put, put in Nava. There's his shot. Give him that. Give him a half. Let him run wild with it. You know? Yeah. I mean, and we just we just didn't see that, you know. And so, you know, to me, we all we know from Troy is that the moments weren't right. You know, I mean, he had a lot of safeguards on the play style for sure. Now switching into another thought as a calm, calm down, explain, get all passionate, get all passionate over here. Passionate. Well, because it's, it's a, uh, when you see somebody coming into, you know, a, a different level of, a sportsmanship and then you see it's like he comes in like this little blaze right and then it's i don't want to say it's put out by 
our former coach, but in a way it's kind of like um, caged in where, you know, it could have been developed so much differently. And I'm sure play. he came. Let him play. Yeah. Let the, let the kid. No, he's not a kid. Let, let the guy play, right? Yeah. Let, so let hopefully him, next season we can see. Yeah. Let him play. Like we look at this. So right. we know, right. I mean, like you're saying it, but Zach Prince, right. He said he's about letting him play with less restrictions, loves competitions, right. He loves the chip on the shoulders. The Academy kids have. Why? Because Zach Prince said he also came from like, not, not much. Like he said, mm-hmm. his mom didn't have money. He was scholarship. He got to play. So he understands trying to prove himself right zach prince mm-hmm. I, I think if zach translates these things that he said on sirius xm FN, or fc and that he said at the table so far that we're really going to get to see christian nava play like let him play you know like you know he knows that these kids got pride for new mexico mm-hmm. you know I just think they got to get more than five minutes. I mean, especially in a state where people are known as this is the uh, drive-by state or the uh, pit stop state, right? Yeah. That's that's what I've heard over here. Um, you would want to, I think, create an environment where your young people would want to stay and develop themselves there in New Mexico not be like, well, yeah, you know what? I made this pro team, but they only gave me an hour of playing time for a whole season on the pitch. Um, so who comes knocking? Somebody else, a better opportunity, a more exciting club, maybe promising more time. And there goes your talent, right? I mean, he's only signed through 2023. To me, they got to give him. They got to give him a quality chance. Like you sign the kid. You're blowing them up. The fans want to see them. You got to get more than an hour. Yeah. You got to do it. You got to get more than an hour. He's obviously earning a position, but I'm pretty sure he he earned more than 41 minutes. And and I do wonder what that means that the moment wasn't right. I, I mean, we... We're looking at I mean, he's map. not in there when the team's winning. He's not in there when the team, he's, he's just randomly in there. Like at the end of anything and everything. Again, like, you know, if there was one thing, if I, if I could have one wish, if, 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 if former head coach Troy the same was like, yo, media, you guys, you guys want, you guys want anything? Cause I mean, he was, he was very good about making jokes with us. He's like, you guys want anything? I'd be like, yo, we want to see Nava in there for at least a half. Let us write about that. Let us podcast about that. Let us see that. And I think we're going to get mm-hmm. to see that this year. I will be very surprised if we see the same situation over in Zach's first year. I think we see Zach let him play. That's my shout out, Zach Prince. Hopefully I can revisit this episode and go, yo, we said it, Zach did it, let the kid play. He's doing it, right? So what's what's the hashtag again? No one but Nava. No one but Nava. No one but Nava. Hashtag. That's, that's the hashtag. Let's get right? this going, everybody. That's the one. Every time you want to see Nava play, just put that no one but Nava hashtag out there. 
I think that's that's mm-hmm. a quality shout. Um, so players obviously seem to play with him in mind. I mean, when he went out on the pitch, I said, you know, first team players trying to get him the ball, you know, trying to put him in positions to have impacts on scores. He almost got a couple touches on a ball that almost went in. Like he was looking good. Academy players, same thing, trying to get him in the right position. You know, he went into the tournament telling his teammates that he at least wanted to win an award. They got third place and he got the golden ball, the MVP of the tournament. Now, you and I talked offline a little bit about this, but what what can we learn from Christian Nava's ambition? I mean, you just you just give it your all every day that you're out there doing what it is that you, that you're doing. You can't you can't stop. And even you know, I'm I'm sure on some levels it was discouraging to him this last season that he didn't get a lot of playtime on the pitch. But given that, you know, you still kind of see this resilient guy out there who's like willing to, you know, I'm sure give it his all next season. But I guess it'd be that that just the hard work, the determination, the grit um, does eventually start to start to pay off. Yeah, so uh, that's our uh, conversation about Christian Nava. We hope to have him on the podcast at some point in the 2022 season. We're definitely sending the emails to the club trying to make that happen. So hopefully we can have him on. We can learn more about his daily routine, learn about what he's been doing since he's been out of school, what that looks like, and get the look and feel of it. Uh, We hope to have him on this pod. And uh, until then... Um, Veronica, why don't you let our listeners know where they can send us messages or tag us on social media? Well, sorry about that. I, 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 I clicked on the wrong thing. Uh, we're, we're working on this folks. We're <laughs> Okay, so um, they can they can contact us on Instagram, Twitter under Seek and Strike NM, and on Facebook and YouTube um, Seek and Strike Collective. And what is the name of that sign again? That little N sign. <laughs> it's the Apperstan. The Apperstan with like an Apper. Pre- looks like a pretzel. Looks like a pretzel. Yes, it does. Yeah. So. Um... I just want to remind you guys to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. For those of you listening in the audio version of it, definitely if you grab your podcast off of Apple, go on there, leave us a five-star rating, um, leave us a review, maybe something that you liked about the episode. You want to write about a subject, talk about your favorite Christmas movie or your your shout about Nava or you know what you're looking for in the 22, 2022 season. Leave us a shout on there. We read those. We love those. Those things help us, um, you know, know what to do going forward. We're trying to create content for you um, in this off season. So anything and everything we're thinking of, we're putting together uh, our time and making an episode for you. So let us know on there. Um, If you're getting it from Spotify or uh, Google podcast, uh, certainly share those. I know there's not capabilities of leaving ratings. So uh, share those, get those out there for us. Uh, Retweet the post that we have on Twitter. Uh, if you see something you like on Instagram, uh, we're doing some new visual stuff, you know, definitely share it in your stories, get that out there, let people know 
we're out there doing doing podcast coverage for uh, New Mexico United. This is going to be our fourth year. You know, started off as one of the only independent mm-hmm. blogs out there doing the coverage. Now there's a few more, and uh, we definitely want to give shout outs to them. Uh, Slumos Moss, we'll give them shout outs. Seth, uh, Jacob, Earl, doing your thing, love it. Um, and then, uh, and then also, uh, you know, just really, really support the content because I mean, we're not getting paid. No one's getting paid other than like folks who work at newspapers, news channels and whatnot. We're, we're all doing this for volunteering. So, you know, definitely just support the content, anything and everything. And uh, we'll keep doing it for y'all. So uh, for Veronica Zavala and myself, Chris Walker, thank you and bye-bye. You've been listening to We Are Seek and Strike podcast brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. Find more USL-related podcasts and written content at bgn.fm. To never miss new content, consider subscribing wherever you get your podcast. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the episode. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Seek and Strike Collective. Lastly, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Roughneck Scarves and Icarus FC. Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com.